In an interview between Kerry Newhoff and Tom Rainer, Tom Rainer shared this, Churches are now in a mission field they don't recognize. Our community is a mission field, and most of our church leaders, pastors and laypeople alike, don't know how to function in a mission field. The culture has shifted so much, it is now post-Christian, and we don't know how to function in that mission field. I think that is spot on. And that's why in this episode, we're talking about the new rules you must learn to play by coming up. Welcome back to the Living Scent Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wester. If you are new to the podcast, I release a new episode on the first Wednesday of each month with the purpose of helping you live like a missionary, a sent one of God within your household, your neighborhood, your workplace, and your city. You know, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, I believe you have already been sent by Him to reach others with the good news of the gospel. You have missionary DNA implanted inside of you. You have what it takes to live sent, and my prayer really is that this podcast brings value to you. It means so much to me when this podcast is rated and reviewed by you, and I always, always, always like to share the comments that have come in over the past month, and the latest is from Megan, and she writes this. She says, great podcast, practical application for sharing the gospel, love the content. A big shout out to Megan. Thank you so much. If you'd like to help out, one of the greatest ways you can do so is by doing exactly what Megan did. You can quickly rate and review this podcast anywhere that you listen to it, or share it with a friend. You know, shoot them a quick text or send them an email or simply share it on social media. All of those things help to equip others to live sent as well. So a big thank you to you in advance. Well, as we get into new content for today, I want to begin our time with a quick story. From about 2011 to 2017, my wife Lindsay and I were living in Virginia. We were attending seminary there, and just about every week we attended the school's chapel service. So for roughly six years, we were in Virginia. So let's just say that we sat through a lot of chapel services, but you know, there's one chapel service in particular, and then one statement in particular more than the rest that has just stuck with me ever since. The seminary president at the time stood up and said these words. He said, we've done a great job of training seminarians for 1980s ministry. Now, please keep in mind, when I heard that statement, it was not the 1980s. I was listening to this statement in 2015, and I began to think, man, is he right? I mean, could we literally be 35 years behind And I'll tell you what, though, I left chapel kind of with a sinking feeling. You know, could our cultural moment in 2015, could it really be that different from what it was in the 1980s? And I have to tell you, something resonated inside of me that said, he is right. And friends, that was eight years ago nearly, and his words still ring true. Our culture has changed, and the reality is it's constantly changing. Now, let me preface what I'm about to share. You know, none of what I'm about to say is new in the sense that you've never heard of it, but what may be different here is that it's all in one spot. So my goal is that you get a quick cultural snapshot that helps you connect some dots in terms of living scent 
and the new rules that you must learn to play by. So here we go. Here's a snapshot of how different things have become today. First, we're experiencing a decline in a biblical worldview. A decline in a biblical worldview. A person's worldview is commonly described as the lens through which they interpret the world around them. It's how they see the world. And a study conducted by Barna in 2007, so nearly 20 years ago, found that Americans' perspectives on key theological beliefs started to shift away from traditional biblical values. So this was nearly 20 years ago. So imagine kind of where we're at today. And many of those views centered on things like this, God, Jesus, Satan, uh, life after death, the authority of Scripture, evangelism, salvation, things like that. And while there's much more to holding a biblical worldview than those topics, these broad shifts really started to reveal culture's steady trending away from the basic tenets of Christianity. So we're experiencing that on a large scale, a decline in a biblical worldview. Here's the second thing we're noticing. Dwindling church attendance. Dwindling church attendance. Again, this is nothing new. Church attendance has actually been lagging behind population growth for years. However, What is interesting to note is that church attendance among professing Christians is also dwindling. So a 2019 study by Pew Research Center said this, In 2009, regular worship attenders, so those who attend religious services at least once or twice a month, they outnumbered those who attended services only occasionally or not at all by a margin of 52% to 47%. They said today... Those numbers are reversed. So what does that mean? That means people on average are attending church less often and professing Christians are also attending church less and less often. Here's the third, a drastic rise in the religiously unaffiliated. A drastic rise in the religiously unaffiliated. So by religiously unaffiliated, I mean to say those who self-identify as either atheist agnostic, or nothing in particular. This group is often referred to as the nuns. And this group has really been growing rapidly in America over the last 10 years. James Emery White, in a book he wrote called Meet Generation Z, wrote this. He said, the nuns are no longer the second largest religious group in the United States. They are the largest, and they are still by far the fastest growing There is a drastic rise in the religiously unaffiliated. And then fourth, the death of evangelism. The death of evangelism. So a little bit of background information here. If you're unfamiliar with the Southern Baptist Convention, they produce an annual report based on data that's collected from thousands of local SBC churches, and it's called the Annual Church Profile. The Annual Church Profile. Profile. It's commonly referred to as the ACP. And this ACP really gives a snapshot of the overall health of the denomination. And the 2021 report revealed that baptisms, which is a key indicator for evangelism, baptisms are down from their peak in 1970. And they're down by 65%. And they're also down from 2019 
by 35%. Why am I referencing 2019? Remember, that is the last pre-COVID year. So it serves as like a really great benchmark in terms of survey and stats. So it's down 65% from 1970, and it's down 35% from 2019. And in the same interview that I kicked off this episode with, Tom Rayner suggested that he and his team at Church Answers are discovering nothing less than the death of evangelism within evangelical churches. So that brings us to the key question, why am I sharing all of this? It's because this is the new reality, and as the church, the last thing we want to be doing is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. What do we want to be doing? We want to be doing what matters. We want to be doing what matters most. We want to be living sent in the most culturally and contextually appropriate way. So these cultural shifts have produced some new rules that you and I must learn to play by. So what does that mean? Practically speaking, what does that mean for you and what does that mean for your church? First, it means that sharing the gospel can no longer be outsourced to others. It's got to be owned by every single person. You know, perhaps your church has an evangelism program, or maybe it does a, an evangelism emphasis every now and then, or maybe it has a, an evangelism series or sermon series here and now. And I'm not diminishing those by any means, but the temptation can be this. Oh, you know, other people in our church are doing evangelism, and therefore, I don't really need to. Friends, every single follower of Jesus is called to both show and share the gospel through their lives and with their words. Well, are some people more gifted at it than others? Absolutely. Do some people connect more when they share about Jesus than other people? Yes, but God is not calling you to actually convert people. Only He can do that. He is calling you, though, to be obedient to Him And that includes sharing your faith. So that's the first new rule, if you will. We can no longer outsource evangelism. Every single person will have to own it. Here's the second thing that means. Evangelism can no longer be optional. It's got to be mission critical. As with anything that is deemed optional, it soon becomes obsolete. It fizzles out and it dies. When things are determined to be optional, you always get less commitment, not more. In another podcast with Tom Rayner, he mentioned that he and his team have been surveying North American churches since the mid-1990s and have found that less than 1% of churches have an ongoing evangelism emphasis in their congregation. So what about your church? What's your church's evangelism strategy for training its members to share their faith with those who are not yet followers of Jesus? Maybe Living Scent can help. Evangelism can no longer be deemed optional. It's got to be seen as mission critical. And here's the third thing. We need a new way of sharing the gospel for our current cultural context. Let me say that again. We need a new way of sharing the gospel for our current cultural context. In 2019, Barna released a new report called Reviving Evangelism. And in the report, one of the contributors was quoted as saying this, 
The next generation is saying, I know how to do it. I know what you're asking me to say. I just don't want to share it. I don't want to do it your way. I want someone to know Jesus, but I can't confront them or proclaim the way you've trained me. I won't do it that way. I need to find another way. And in general, the church's approach has been to train individuals to memorize and share long presentations. And I think those had a time and place, but today it's different. In the same report I just mentioned, they found that the top two qualities that non-Christians look for in a person with whom to talk about faith are this. Number one, they're looking for a person who listens without judgment. 62% said that. And then number two, they're looking for someone who does not force a conclusion. 50% said that they're looking for someone like that. Here's what that tells me. Our culture is still very, very interested in talking about faith, in talking about things of faith, talking about Jesus, but they want to do it within the context of a conversation where they are respected, where they are given space. So a quick recap. Sharing the gospel can no longer be outsourced to others. It's got to be owned by every person. Evangelism can no longer be optional. It's got to be mission critical. And we need a new way of sharing the gospel for our current cultural context. Folks, these are the new rules we must learn to play by if we're going to see those who are far from God be brought near through the power of the gospel. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and how living scent has changed your approach to sharing your faith. If you're interested in learning more about this, check out my latest book, Living Scent, which offers a framework to use when engaging in gospel conversations with others. Well, that's all for this month. Remember, you don't have to live scent. You get to, and we'll see you next time.